What up? Hey. Yeah. All right, what's up? I was having a little technical difficulty there. I'm sure you guys could hear. I was like, music was blaring. It was crazy. Good times. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Daily Buzz. It is February 1st, 2023. Well, I think we're definitely going to lose some. I don't know. Two, two seems like a little much. I, I think we're... How many are there 10. though? Can you, can you, I, I can think of all of them. I, I respect, I respect everybody who's doing the shows and stuff like that. They're, they're all really great hosts. I'm just saying that there's so many of them now. So it's just curious, you know what I mean? Like show after show after show stacked up, stacked up, stacked up. So it's like, huh, I keep thinking I should, we should be doing the show in like the afternoon more than then, uh, more than in the morning. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, right. I'm curious, I'm curious to see what's going to happen here with, uh, all these rumors of monetization and Twitter monetization of spaces and all of those things. I think that, it's uh, coming, dude, it's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's it already, it's be... already, it's already here actually, Brad, like you're right. Oh yeah. But it, it's going to be like, I'm, I'm curious to see like what the actual like guidelines and frameworks are around that and how hard it's going to actually be. Cause I think at that point it'll weed a lot of people out if, you know, I think a lot of people are starting shows you know, right now spinning up shows and whatnot because they're looking at this future of possibly monetizing it. But once they realize, you know, how hard it's going to actually be to monetize it, potentially, I think that a lot of people will just throw in the towel. Yeah, I think you're right. I I, I also think like you got to have like a got to have a purpose to the show. Um, I've been doing the show well, at least a show every single day. Well, not every day, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Minus 90 days that I took off. Um, there were so many shows, like when people could get back in, you know, people could actually launch spaces themselves in like June and July. There were so many like small, you know, spaces of like four or five people, like maxed out at four or five people. And then people just stopped doing them because they're like, you know what? It's only five people in my space like every day. It's not getting any bigger. So what am I doing? And then, uh, yeah, the, a lot of the shows just could, like consolidated into other shows. And Dude, I, uh, I hosted a space yesterday for 15 minutes and not a single person showed up. That was fun. You should have sent me an invite, man. I would have showed up. It was, it was a half kind of like, I'm still trying to figure out you know, realistically like the best time to be doing a show. It's uh, the best time to do a show is whenever you think is the best time to do a show. Don't even worry about if anybody else is doing a show. Um, that's what I used to do. 10 straight, 12 straight hours. Didn't care what shows were going on. You know, my, my audience would dwindle and then increase and then go down and then increase. And then sometimes um, it was the biggest show out there. So um, it was great. Anyway, but let's, let's sync up with Mintify. Mintify, what's the news today, my man? Talk to me, Goose. Good morning, uh, or almost good afternoon for me at least. Uh, you want me to roll through this market update? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, cool. Let's check this out. The 24-hour Ethereum market volume, 27.4 million, down about 4%. 24-hour sole market volume, almost just under 4 million, 3.95, down about 11%. And the highest sale, 310 ETH for Board Ape, 84.83. You can actually check out our beta access for our new trading terminal at beta.mintify.xyz. The top index gainer, top 20 art, 0.9% up. The harvest by Per Christian Stoveland, uh, 5.73 ETH floor price, up 15%. Elemental by Fang Liun, 
1.1 ETH floor price up 10% and Terraform's Math Castle's 2.4 ETH floor price up 7%. Index top losers. Now switching it up, yesterday Metaverse was in the top gainers. Now it's in the top losers, down 3.7%. Cretera land at number one, 1.3 ETH floor price down 12%. Crypto Walkers 0.139 ETH floor price down 8%. And Satoshi Island land 0.38 ETH floor price down 5%. Some noteworthy market updates, some pretty interesting stuff here in my opinion. Ethereum to begin testing staking withdrawals on the Shanghai testnet. Simba Chain was awarded $30 million by the U.S. Air Force StratFi program to advance technology that could secure the future dominance of the U.S. Air Force. And eBay partners with Notable Live to leverage NFTs for fan experiences with their favorite athletes, teams, and leagues. The market stats, global crypto market cap, $1052.3 billion. Bitcoin dominance, 42.4%. BTC open interest, 7.23 billion. Fear and greed at 56. Popping back up from 51 from yesterday after it came down from 61 the day before. So some pretty high volatility on that fear and greed as uh, crypto chops around. Bitcoin right now, 22,962. Uh, down about 0.6%. And Ethereum, 1573, down about 1.3%. That's all for today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was a good update. So today's topic to me is what do you guys think of free NFTs to let you in to a an exclusive community? Brad, what are your thoughts on that? You get to choose your community by, you know, basically giving people access to like a, a mint or an airdrop what are your thoughts on like people having this exclusive you know membership pass it allows you to get in and also like having that membership pass expire after a certain amount of time yeah man i mean i think it's a i think it's a great idea it's it's similar ish to kind of like what i'm building with the bread box you know uh, trying to build a a good community of professionals you know mixed between web 2 and web 3 and been playing around with some different token standards and kind of test deploying some smart contracts to kind of figure out the best way to go about it. But I think it's great. I think that loyalty rewards, memberships, clubs, things like that. That's really where, uh, where NFTs are going to come in huge this year. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've definitely seen a couple of projects launch recently with like, there's uh they keep doing these free NFTs and they get, they're basically saying that the whole selling proposition, which by the way, they're not selling it at all against a free NFT, like are basically saying, um, you know, if I give you this NFT, you're allowed into my community. If you're in my community, you get access to a whole bunch of stuff. And some of those NFTs have actually garnered a very, very high floor. Um, surprisingly, zero, you know, basically zero per zero ETH for and the some of the NFTs are at like 0 0.7, 0 0.73 ETH. And uh, I find it fascinating that, uh, you know, some, you know, you get to choose your community rather than like just let some random people mint it and then go have them go when, when Lambo, you know, stuff like that, where, you know, retail investors would get in and like do that. I think, I think launching a, like a, a free NFT is like, you're not sapping liquidity out of the space and you're, you're basically choosing the people that are allowed, you know, you token gate, like, let's just say you have a discord, which I'm not a big fan of discord, but imagine if you could token gate your experience. 
so that people that don't have that NFT um, cannot get in. And then like, I'm not sure whether or not you'd want to have it be able to be traded too. And so like, let's talk about that for a minute, like soul bound tokens, um, expiration dates, things like that, where, you know, is there a way to build into the dynamics, a burn mechanism that when it expires, the token goes away, like literally just burns up and it's gone. Can't be used anymore. Um, and it can't be traded. Like it's your NFT. You get it, you get it dropped into your wallet and then eventually it, it gets burned like after 12 months or whatever it is. And then there's another, you know, membership pass after 12 months. And then people actually have to like sign up for the wait list and all this stuff. And then they have to qualify for it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, that's, uh, I've got, I've got that smart contract pretty much done. Um, you know, the, there are, I've playing with some time-based things. Um, and I mean, not to go into too much boring detail, but, um, it, it, when you start playing with the time-based expirations and the token numbers and the token IDs, as far as keeping track of, you know, the sequential order of the IDs, it starts to get a little messy, but there are ways to do it. I think that's uh, I think it's great, dude. I think it's a great idea. The only downside is that like you're creating a token that can't be traded or, or anything. And if, what if people, you know, they change their mind or they say they want to be part of a community and they don't end up showing up to any of the community stuff. They don't go anywhere near discord because it's, you know, it's gated. They just don't like discord. There's so many people that don't like discord. Right. Um, there's so many, and, and uh, you know, I, I think it would be good if people really want into the community, like why do they want in and why wouldn't we, why wouldn't I be able to let them into the community or why can't somebody who wants to be out of the community be able to trade that NFT, you know what I mean? Like for some ETH. So why couldn't they list it? So that's where I, I'm kind of like debating with that right now because right, I really think there's a way to do this. That's actually really, really smart. You just have to actually do it. And like discords, I'm not sure about them, man. Imagine a discord with like a thousand or less people in there. I just don't, uh, I don't know if that's, that's compelling or not, you know? I think it really kind of depends on the, uh, really like the, the information or the, like, like, I don't think it would work for just another alpha group. You know, there's so many of those damn alpha groups and the, the shit that happens on discord, you know? Um, but if it's, if, if what you're token gating the access to by itself has value, I can't, I can't see how, you know, how it could go wrong. Yeah. And there's also a revenue source there too, right? Like if someone wants to trade, you can actually, you can actually make a little bit on the secondary, you know, royalties, you could set it to like seven and a half percent or like 5% or whatever it is. And like those, that volume traded kind of like gets the people that are most interested in that community involved. So I don't know, man, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it through so that it actually gives you, gives people the most value. Um, I have to figure, I'm still trying to. Still trying to figure that out. Can oh, we lost you, homie. Can you hear? Can you hear me now? You think you're, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're back. These fancy, some... these fancy setups over here are, uh, they're fun, but uh, they also sometimes they uh, they don't work. <laughs> how does my how does my audio sound? By the way, pretty good. 
Trist. Yeah, sounds good, man. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. I actually messed around with the, the audio system yesterday, so it was pretty dope. So, yeah, question the question me uh, is really, at the end of the day, it's like, how do you get people involved without stealing liquidity out of, according to, you know, other people, stealing liquidity out of the space, but also uh, adding in and giving holders like extreme value where you're like, Oh my God, I'm part of this. This is awesome. How do I do? How could I do more? What could I do more of? How do I get involved? Why, why would people want to be involved? Um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an interesting dilemma. I'm still, like I said, I'm still working through it, but I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to figure out that scenario where, you know, there's a thousand people that really, really, really want to be involved. And what's the selling prop that the reason they want to be involved, right? That's the thing. Right. Usually a PFP collection is, you know, floor go up. Everything, everybody has something in common. I have a cool cat. You have a crypto more, you know, uh, there's another cool cat down in the audience there, McKenzie. And, you know, I instantly followed because, you know, they're wearing a cool cat. So, um, it's interesting, man. It's all just fascinating. I think it's going to boil down to a lot of kind of these different projects and different companies like partnering, you know, doing partnerships and being able to spread, you know, whatever benefits a community has to other benefits and kind of share these, whatever the utility is between the both projects, both companies, whatever, you know, and kind of the merging of some of those communities across, I mean, not only projects, but chains too, you know, layer zeros and, you know, omni chain type uh, digital collectibles, I think are going to, we're going to see a surge in this year. Yeah, I think we talk omni-chain all the time. It's it's interesting. Like, it sounds really, really cool. But at the end of the day, it's like, is this stuff omni-chain? Or is this, are people going to like, uh, like when you say omni-chain, it's like when, when one FT goes from like ETH to Polygon or from Polygon to, let's just say Solana or wherever, whatever chain it's on, like, why would the person making that NFT want that to actually like happen without money exchanging hands. You know what I mean? Like here, here's a good example. Like Activision releases a NFT collection, right? And it's for black ops or, you know, uh, modern warfare of some kind. And if they want to like transfer that NFT out to be used in another game or in another, on another platform, why wouldn't they want to have like a, some kind of financial transaction occur from that game to the next or the next platform. So, Hey, I want to bring all of my assets with me to PlayStation five, or I want to bring all my assets to this new game that just came out. That doesn't really transit transition my assets in game here to there. So to transfer all those assets, they should just, they should be allow it, but they should allow it after there's like a fee because there's like DLC content all the time. You can, you can download new game boards, everything like that from your, from your, uh, console question is why, like, why would they just do it just for the heck of it? You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't, I think there's going to be money exchanging hands, um, before, before any of this omni chain stuff actually takes effect. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's really going to like, I mean, I, I see the, I see the sort of potential use case in gaming, you know, um, more so, I mean, if there's kind of this weird dichotomy between de game developers, you know, I mean, the way, you know, 
I use the example of like I've I've paid for Minecraft like probably five or six times now, you know, across different computers, old PlayStations, Xboxes, my kids Nintendo Switch, you know, um, and it's great for them. It's great for the the dev team and the game, you know, Mojang Studios or whatnot because they get my payment every time, you know. Um, the problem is is that across these different devices and across these different platforms, I essentially have to start from scratch. You know, I can't bring over any of the skins that I purchased. I can't bring over any of my save data. You know, anything that I could have been working on for, you know, hours and hours is now just lost and stuck on an old console, you know. And I think, you know, something along those lines with omni-chain assets, um, you know, again, maybe not that exact, you know, use case, but I think something along those lines to where there's, there's certain things that you would want to have if you just, you know, I've been, you know, on ETH forever and now I'm going to go play on Solana and buy and sell some assets on Solana. And it'd be nice to already have a library of assets to sell as opposed to having to start from scratch. That's it. That's it. So let's just say you stop playing your game, right? And let's just, let's go back to PlayStation three just for a second. Cause that's when I was like hardcore into gaming was uh, my black ops, man. I just couldn't, I couldn't stop playing that game. I literally was completely 100% addicted to it. So if once I got out of that, or like, let's just say the PS4 was coming out, there's somebody out there that wants my assets. I was a prestige 15, basically the highest level on black ops. And I'm sure there was someone out there that wanted my assets that wanted to be, Oh my God, I want that, all that stuff. And I don't want to have to like work for it because the, you know, that dude actually grinded for like, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about how long it took, but, uh, you know, and then I had to do it all over again. Cause I had, an, I got a new PlayStation because one of them like malfunctioned, but, uh, the second time around was much faster. The first time around, I literally, yeah, it was tough. Um, it's interesting. It, there's definitely going to be a market there. I mean, there's roadblocks that already does that. You know, you can build stuff in roadblocks and sell it. You know, people are making money right now on Roblox and like selling, selling items like crazy. There's people that are making tons of money doing that. And they're actually learning how to do something, right? They're actually putting their time to kid use rather than just playing a game. They're building things inside of systems. I think it's really cool. Um, well, then there's a lot of major companies trying to get into break into Roblox as a, an entry point for, for web three. Yeah. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, before we go on to the next topic, I want to say, uh, hi to extreme Tom. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. Um, first time is the first time in the space, or it's first time in the space. It's the first time I've actually had time to even jump in and listen. So yeah, yeah, I saw your I saw your comment there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm adding them up. We gotta we gotta have a chat with Extreme Tom. <laughs> what is going? Yeah, right, where hey. where are you? Where are you located, Extreme Tom? Uh, uh I'm in the UK, uh, near Bristol. Nice. All right. So everyone's like, oh, UK, London. Like I'm about like an hour and a half north of London out in the country. Very cool, my man. We love having, we love having people from the UK here. They have a, you, you guys have great accents and you just like class up the show, man. You class this place. Up. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Most people on the Wednesday say, say, say Harry Potter. I'm like, no, it's fine. No, <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. Yeah, I I do like uh, I do like me some Harry Potter though, so I can't hate on that. Hey, uh, actually, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to jump in and just say, like, before you move on to the next topic, like the what you're talking about with the Omni Chain, I think it's really interesting because obviously you're talking about it from a gamer's perspective, but I think 
the real value is coming from people who are never even going to touch a blockchain. They're literally going to be using it and never even know they're using it. Oh my God, I agree. I agree 100%, Tom. I talk about this all the time that we we have this huge hurdle in the space and we're all like, oh, we're going to have like mass adoption, this, that, and the other. It's like, no, we're not until it becomes so seamless. It doesn't even, it doesn't even feel like you're interacting with block the blockchain. Yeah, like, like, like it, Starbucks, for example. Yep. It, it, or, or Reddit, right? Like most of those people yeah. still don't even know they have NFTs and that's the way to do it. Right. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, millions of wallets generated, and they don't even know. <laughs> no, I, I, I myself love that. That's the way to do it: is the Trojan horse your way into a space? They don't even know they're using them, and then one day, six years from now, they'll be like, "Wait, I've had NFTs this whole time. Like these are NFTs this whole time. Like they yeah, might well, find out, and they you know, might never find out." You know what they're gonna say? They're gonna be like, "Oh, NFTs are evil. They're evil, evil." And then someone will be like, "Hey, you do realize that thing you're holding in your Starbucks account is worth a thousand dollars if you sell it on this marketplace?" And they'll be like, "I love NFTs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting about that is that when is Starbucks gonna open up a secondary marketplace for their own assets? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But well, I think if they do. You know, everyone else who does some kind of club card or loyalty card is just going to follow suit. Oh, there's no doubt. They, they'll have a uh, unfair advantage there. And then everybody wants to take part in, in the unfair advantage. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Plus, they already have like a really good mobile app, you know, really good user experience. So like adding like a secondary marketplace there would be like just one extra little tab or section on the app. And it just says, you know, like. Oh, you don't have this yet? You know, here, buy somebody else's loyalty or whatever it is, like card. They're, they haven't been to Starbucks in a year. Um, they could just put up their, put their, you know, Polygon NFT up for sale and they don't even know it's that. You're just buying, you're just basically buying the, the stars or the points or, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's even buying like, hey, I'm one of the first people that had like a, that had a, you know, a Starbucks card. You know, you're buying someone's like, it's like almost like buying a Twitter account from like 2006 or 2005. Um, you know, it's kind of like OG status kind of a thing. So it's interesting, you know, this whole thing is the way we're, we're leveraging this stuff. It's not, it's not just, uh, marketing, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just, we're not just leveraging blockchain now for like mar marketing purposes where we're like web three, web three, web three, this web three, that, you know, like at the end of the day, like we definitely have to like fix the user experience that we have. There's no way we're onboarding people into this space with the current broken, um, you know, first you have to learn about crypto, then you have to get a wallet, then you have to actually transfer crypto from an exchange to the wallet. From there, you have to then, you know, find, learn more about crypto. You have to learn more about the blockchain. You have to learn more about NFTs. You have to understand you can never click a link again, even if you think you can trust it. And because guess what, you know, every dollar in your bank account is going to be drained in like a matter of seconds. If you click the wrong link, like nowhere on the planet does that exist except for here. And people aren't used to that. Now just imagine if the internet still operated like that. If you could click a link and lose every dollar in your bank account overnight and there's nobody there to get it back. There's no insurance on it or anything. You just lost your entire life savings because you clicked the link and you, and you possibly set up a hardware wallet incorrectly. So I do think beyond the tech obviously hurdle for most average Joe, 
you then have the problem of you you are given the keys to your own finances as you're kind of explaining and i think in general every day people don't even know how to run their their normal usd finances that's so, so true i never keys. even thought of that that's so such a great point tom most people aren't financially literate you know what i mean like they're they're living with like a certain amount of debt on their credit cards they're living paycheck to paycheck they don't even know how to operate that let alone operate their you know, any kind of like self-sovereign, like identity and also your, you being your own bank, like that's going to blow people's minds and they're just not going to be, they're just not going to want to do it. Like having your bank and all your information on like a little hardware wallet, like it's in your pocket and people will literally think that all their assets live on that hardware wallet when really it's just, you know what I mean? Like a, it's just protecting your seed phrase, you know, your, uh, your dub, your double, you double verify there with your, your code. It's an interesting scenario for sure. Um, but we have to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a way to figure it out. And I think it's going to be so, it's going to become so seamless that we don't have to, we won't have to worry. Like we won't have to worry about clicking on things. There's going to be a lot of safety. And I have to admit, there's going to be some centralization that occurs that makes this possible. That makes it all possible. People are going to be like, oh, why didn't, why not this? And why not that? It's like, look, you couldn't handle your bank account IRL, let alone, you know, your crypto one. We have to centralize some of this in order to make it more secure. And it's for your own good. It doesn't mean it has to be a government centralization. It just has to be some kind of centralization that has some type of protection so that it could, it's safe for these, you know, for regular people to step up and do this. Like we take it for granted that we are the ones doing this right now. Everybody in this space listening right now has the expertise to do this. And, you know, and even one of us, me being one of them for sure, can get hacked. You know, you could get hacked or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of method occurs, you can have all your stuff stolen by clicking a link. And, uh, you know, a regular company could actually be the reason why you're clicking a link. Google ads was one of the reasons why someone clicked a link recently and lost all their stuff. So imagine a Google ad draining your wallet. Like that's insane. That, that right there is insane to me. I think there'll be one day a, ch a change where people get together. There's enough people that lost enough money because of Google ads and do like a class action. But who knows? We'll, we'll find out one day um, when it becomes more, I guess, more adopted and more relevant. But, you know, I think 2024 will be the year that we actually get some safety behind this stuff. What do you think, Extreme Tom? Ooh, 2024. That's an interesting. I'm not sure if 2024, I'm thinking more like 2025, we're going to start getting serious about protecting all these other people. And I think, to be honest, it's mostly going to be through centralization. Um, I, don't, it, I personally, when I'm using a wallet, I've got a completely separate browser and I, there's nothing on it. There's no plugins, no nothing. Um, all ads are turned off, everything's off. And I won't, I won't use even open seas just for exploring unless I'm using that browser. And that's the most simple thing I can do. I don't know if average Joe is going to think about doing that kind of stuff or even look into researching how to do that kind of stuff. So I think 100% centralization is going to have to be the way forward to protect people. Yeah. I live on the internet by the way. And I didn't even know that, uh, back, you know, I think it was January of 2022 that you could actually create a new Chrome profile and it's like a completely separate browser. Like it doesn't have any of the plugins or anything in it. And I think that's, I think Chrome did a genius thing by adding 
I mean, I don't know if any other browsers really added that feature because I don't really care about the, I don't really care about the other browsers as much. Um, but yeah, when you add an account on the Chrome browser, if you add a new account that has an email attached to it, a, pro, a user profile attached to it, that's literally considered to Chrome as a brand new installation of Chrome, which is really, really cool. So you can actually have one for work, one for uh, your personal your personal Chrome, and then one for some other small business, you know, side hustle that you're doing. And all three Chrome profiles all need their own plugins and are completely separate islands onto themselves. So you can't really have, you don't really have to worry, which is really, really cool. And again, a feature that we have to actually talk about more because that's a way to make sure that people don't make mistakes um, I'm not really sure if clicking on a link will, that will save you from like, if you click a link and all of a sudden, you know, you get some malware installed, you can't fix that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's going to have access to all your stuff. Um, so I don't really know how we get around that piece. Um, it is a scary world. Cause I mean, just to put it into perspective, uh, before I was doing crypto stuff, I was doing a lot of gray hat, like hacking um, and one of the things I did just to test, I never did anything with this other than just testing. I built a Chrome extension. I attached it to a bit um, a Bitcoin faucet because I used to run one of those. And I knew that people would download those in the thousands. And I buried in that a pixel. And the code within that pixel would actually allow me to, co to basically clone the keystrokes of a particular computer. Wow. So anything you did, I could track it. I deliberately never tracked anything, so I was never under any kind of legal issue. But the capability was certainly there. And we, in the end, we ended up using my Pixel thing to actually cheat myself and Linkoid um, onto the front page of Mixer when it was open. Wow. We basically, we basically outstreamed Ninja on Fortnite for an entire weekend. <laughs> Holy cow. That is really, really cool, Tom. That is, that is amazing, actually. Uh, we got to talk, but scary. <laughs> no, it is. It's super scary. Just imagine like what's going on in the real, in the background. Like maybe a lot of these people actually do that. If you think about it, like how many people actually do that to actually to grow their follower base, right? Where you're like, 100%. You're, you say, yeah, there's no question they're doing that. So like if someone that pops up out of nowhere and you're like, where did this person come from out of nowhere? It could be somebody, you know, was hacking around and found a way to like, growth hack somebody in like 48 hours to like, you know, zero to a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, that's an interesting, oh, we, we, gotta, you can still do it on Twitch, by the way, my, we, my, we got to talk, Tom, still we got to talk. Tom. <laughs> Suddenly you're going to become like the top streamer. People are like, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain. That's for sure. <laughs> Real quick. I want to say hi to Brad. Uh, let me, let me ask you, man. How's, uh, how's the old, uh, how's PepsiCo doing? Yeah, you know, slow and steady, I yeah. suppose. You know, I mean, it's uh, with, with companies that size, I mean, there's so much. I mean, it's not even red tape. I mean, you know, man, yeah, it's not even red tape. It's just how many people have to sign off on something and give some sort of approval before, oh, you know, you're actually allowed yeah. to go forward with things, you know. And so, you know, so we're out of red tape. Dude, yeah, we're we're taking a big focus on loyalty and rewards, you know, um, and working on some some cool tech type stuff for it, you know, to kind of allow, you know, um, to keep consumers safe in this Web three world, you know, involving kind of uh, you know proxies and funded relayers, and there's things like, I mean, it, it 
you know, I, I, we mentioned it briefly that like there is a level of centralization that comes along with having higher security standards, you know, and so it's yeah. really right now trying to find that balance between making sure that we're, you know, staying true to the, so, you know, the decentralized nature of blockchain, but also keeping consumers safe. And so it's a, it's a fine line we're walking right now trying to figure out what, what we're going to do. It's a fine line, Brad. Are you going to, uh, I'm assuming you're going to eat Denver seeing you live in Colorado. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, well, there's, there's builder week too. Um, like the week leading up to East Denver. And so, I'm. uh, I might be volunteering there. Um, nice, just dude. to help. Yeah. To help out, you know, and you know, I mean, I, I, I know the city, you know, and so it's kind of like, you know, uh, and I live here so I can drive home at the end of the day. And so it's like, I figure, well, if it's an extra week and I can help out and kind of help just like volunteer, help people up there that are new to Denver or possibly even first time in the U S they're coming, you know? So yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll be there for the entire time. You coming out? You gonna come out and hang? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I've only been to Denver once and it was for a layover. So it doesn't really, I don't think it, I don't think that really counts. Does it? No, that doesn't, that doesn't really <laughs> count. You got, you, you hung out in like one of the creepiest airports in the country, which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I don't even remember. It's been, it's been a while. So yeah, I, I might ch come check it out. I mean, I already have NFT LA in my hometown here, LA. So I don't know, man, I got NFT LA, NFT NYC, uh, NFT, you know, like Brazil, NFT Antarctica, NFT, the North, stoked for NFT, Antarctica, bro. dude, the NFT, wait, NFT North pole. Oh my God. There's going to, the turnout's going to be insane. Insane. It's all the satellite events in Antarctica that are going to be a problem to get to, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit. He's got to have a dog sled and stuff. No big deal. But yeah, there's still, there's these NFT events are still going strong in different uh, parts of the country. They're just, I think there's just too many of them. I don't know how there could be that many NFT events. Um, I spoke, well, at, I mean, if I spoke at yeah, six last year. And like now there's like 55. So I don't know. <laughs> can't keep up. <laughs> you can't keep up with Walmart, man. What were you going to say? Go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like they each have like their own kind of flavor of sorts though, you know, where it's kind of like, like ETH Denver is pretty much like, yeah, it's very NFT Web3 centric, but it's really more focused on developers and hackers and, you know, some of the tech stuff that happens, you know, whereas I feel like, New York city was all about art, you know, like just the art and LA is, I mean, I don't know, LA. It's just the party in LA. It's just yeah, exactly. Party. So question is, so is ETH Denver not NFT heavy? Is it mostly just developer heavy? No, it, it's definitely NFT heavy. Um, it just comes from a perspective more. So like it's like you, you find cooler tech that's happening with nfts at eth denver than you would say la or new york you know it's more kind of like here's a new way to do things with your nfts from a tech side and so you see a lot more innovation i feel like at eth denver than some of the other events interesting scenario my man interesting scenario i'm not sure if i'm gonna go man you're not really you're not really like making me want to go with that kind of those kind of comments. well i mean i i'm a developer <laughs> dude i'm stoked for it you know like i'll admit he definitely made me pretty jelly that i'm this side of the ocean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd go i would go for just the events but you know like the after events or i don't even know what's going on during like during the main event 
Like, give me well, yeah. give me a little DL on that. So, uh, I mean, I can. I mean, is I'm it just a conference? Be... Bunch of people on stage talking about stuff like every other conference. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I can only. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this year will be like the the past couple of years. You know, where it's uh, you have like your main uh, essentially like event. Um, but it's not like the conferences like New York, where you have all these different vendors set up and tents and booths and all that stuff. It's, it's, um, it's in a building that's got multi floors. So there's like three floors to it and it's not huge. And so like on those, on those top floors, you have some of those vendors and stuff, but the bottom floor is just like a, a big ass stage and a bunch of speakers. And then it's all the, it's all the satellite events really, man. Like every other conference, that's, that's where everything happens. A lot of those uh dude last year i ended up at some weird ass fireside chat and like it was the most stereotypical fireside chat i think i've ever been to in my life where like we walked into this like tiny little like b and b type building you know and uh it was fairly packed there was free drinks you know um but the fireside chat was hosted by a guy wearing this giant cable knit sweater with this huge collar and there was some chick sitting next to him on the ground with like some like hand drums and like it was just that sounds like my kind of thing i'm kidding i don't really care about this, yeah, dude. it was uh it was interesting <laughs> but there was uh, a huge event at like like a bunch of the a bunch of the people last year ended up going to meow wolf and uh if you haven't been to meow wolf it's definitely definitely worth checking out i don't even know what that is dude it's uh it's it's an art exhibit essentially or it's like an immersive art experience they've got one in one in vegas one in santa fe one in denver and they're about to build one i think in either dallas or houston but it's uh yeah dude you should like hit, hit, hit a quick google search on meow wolf it's it's nuts dude i think you're i think you're messing with me dude that name just doesn't sound real it doesn't feel real like like being there it's it's very strange i don't think it's real uh, I've been there and I agree with you. I'm not sure that it is a real place. Oh, there you go, dude. What if it was just like a doobie or something you were smoking? A hundred percent possible. <laughs> oh man. Good times. So we got a big show tomorrow. Um, got a couple of special guests coming up tomorrow and Friday. So you guys stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you who they are. You just got to show up tomorrow and you'll find out. So get ready to rumble. I got a question for you, man. I've been yeah, curious to, to get your opinion on what's, yep. uh, what, what's, what's your quick uh, opinion on all of this open edition meta that's happening right now and all these open editions that are launching. So I, I don't know. I actually heard some people talking about it and they were like talk, calling it like a cash grab or some other stuff. Like, I think that's crap. I think if an artist wants to make open editions and people want to mint them, like, I don't understand why people would be upset. And I think this space has a little bit of toxicity when people are making money and they're not, they, they seem to like kind of like lynch after them and get mad and hate them for it. So like all this, like all this, these free open, these, these free mint open editions or, you know, whatever small price point zero zero seven, whatever the price is like, it just doesn't make sense why anybody would be mad at somebody else winning to me like i would i love the idea of someone doing an open edition like chris neon cat chris like good friend you know he did an open edition a bunch of them i thought it was great and then like i've just heard so many people have this negative take on it and uh you know someone did an open edition and they went and bought like a 
a G wagon, right? Mercedes really nice with the money they earned through their open edition. Like they can spend their money however they want to. They're artists. Like you bought their art, you got access to them that you probably couldn't afford access to with their other art. So in theory, it's a, it's a slower barrier to entry for more collectors. So yeah, maybe you paid 0.007 for it, but you know, and a year from now it could be worth one ETH or 10 ETH. You just don't know because the artist keeps building, right? They keep making a name for themselves. They keep doing really great art and that's, that's it. I mean, imagine if people did an open edition, right? And he charged 0.007. Who wouldn't want to have access to people's work? I, I would go grab like as many as I could of those. So I don't know, man. I don't think I could, I can't afford a drift shoots. I can't afford a Beeple. I can't afford that stuff. Like it's just the, the floor is just too much for what it is. But if they did an open edition, I'd be involved and I'd be a holder. I would hold it forever. I wouldn't even try to sell it. I would just, maybe I'd grab three of them actually, maybe sell one <laughs> to just cover the costs of the other, of all three together and then just hold the rest. What's up, Extreme Tone? I'm curious. What would you do if it was an infinite edition? I'm totally in. Like, again, I'm if it's an infinite edition, right, where it just never stops, and there's like a time limit on it, though, right? So it's like, however many you can mint of these, you have exactly six hours to go, right? And let's just say, you know, it could be 600 or it could be 60,000. Like, it does create a lot of brand it, it could create a brand like saturation but i don't know i don't think i mean it depends like i said i, I really don't know that's a good question tom i'd have to think about it for a little bit but if it was a, a complete open edition i would still mint a bunch especially from people especially from um drift especially from other people in the space that i i find their artwork amazing I would just do it and I would hold on to, you know, the majority of it. As long as I could pay the the cost of minting them, let's just say at a low cost, you know, fee, I think I would do it. I don't even know if I would pay the cost off just because I find I, if I was doing this open edition, I would find the artist so awesome that that's the person I wouldn't mind paying. I wouldn't mind holding. I wouldn't mind having this, this access pass and it doesn't give me access to complain. It doesn't give me access to be a troll. It doesn't give me access to like start questioning the artist. Hey, when are you going to do this? And what's your shoe size? And what's your fingerprints? And like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> like crazy stuff that most collectors think like there's got to be like this extreme utility or the floor has got to go up. And if it doesn't, then the artist is pulling like, you know, basically rugging people. And I disagree with that a hundred percent. An artist is creating art. That's what they do. They create art. You're buying their art. No one's forcing you to buy their art. If you're speculating on an open edition and you're getting upset because you either missed it and someone made money off of it or you got it and you you didn't really get to flip it, like that's on you. Like that's your perception of what reality is and it's not what's really happening. Again, I, I wouldn't be upset if I had a people in my wallet right now. I don't care how much I paid for it. Like I would just be like, I'm psyched. I, I have a people in my wallet right now. That would be the bomb. So I don't know. I think it would be great. And I, I just don't understand why people are hating on 
this open edition stuff. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm maybe I'll have an open edition, not like art that I'm, I'm making myself, but maybe I'll have an open edition and it's a free mint to give access to a community. And it's done by someone who wants to get their name out there. Um, could be a small batch, could be a large batch, batch, depending on who's there. Maybe it's a small fee too. Maybe it's like 0.00 like two or 0.003, something really small, but just enough to have skin in the game so that you actually want to be a part of that community. Cause when you actually pay for things, this has been proven time and time again, when you actually pay for things, instead of getting things for free, you value it more. You just do like. There, there could be something that's out there that's worth a thousand dollars, right? And if you get it for free, you'll not do anything with it. You'll just be like, oh, great. This is awesome. If you paid nine bucks for it, you'd be more likely to use it. hundred percent. It's just true. It's interesting. What's up, Bongo? Yo, all good. Um, having some breakfast here, getting a, a feeling of the conversation. It's my first time seeing you hosting a space, I believe. What's really? Good? Oh my God! I've hosted Brad. How many how many spaces have I hosted? Do you think? Oh boy, hundred? You think you're at a hundred? You think over a hundred? Is that a joke? <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, for like the past what two years, like I think it's like I think it's uh, it's over six hundred right now. Is it really? Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and nice uh, five thousand hours in Twitter Spaces, dude. So I mean, my spaces weren't put together though. The way mine, I don't know if you guys have been to Leap Spaces, but my spaces were like leaps, but mine lasted like ten to fifteen hours minimum. I think you remember, Brad, back in the pandemic slash coming out of the pandemic time period. Um, oh hell yeah, Luke unleashed. <laughs> oh, that, that's spaces. after that was after seven o'clock, man. Could keep that DL, man. Lucas Unleashed. Those were good times. Break out the White Claws. White Claw Wednesdays. What? <laughs> What's up, Bongo? White Claws, yeah, they are overrated, but I'm, so I'm definitely undereducated on you and uh, your journey. I didn't know you have been here for, for that long. Can you give me the TLDR on Lucas, the elevator pitch? Yeah, yeah. And why did Lucas told your name and brand? Luca from Project Penguins. Oh, he didn't. He's, he's a good dude. So, uh, I've been, I was the first Twitter space host that was doing spaces on NFTs. So, uh, April, the last week of April of 2021, I was in, there was not many people that had access to Twitter spaces. So, uh, I was one of them just cause I, I had enough followers and I knew the, you know, basically the head of marketing over there and they were like, yeah, you want Twitter spaces? I'm like, sure. Um, I didn't think I would ever use it. I would con completely convinced I wasn't going to use it. Um, yeah. And I launched a uh, Twitter spaces. We were uh, talking about crypto at first and then went right into NFTs and people were like really mad at me for like having spaces about NFTs. They were all, they were all like super like, what are NFTs? We don't really care. And now all those people that didn't like NFTs, didn't want anything to do with them are now, um, four or five months after that started doing their own NFT spaces and web three spaces. And then all of a sudden now they're like movers and shakers in the space. And, uh, yeah, my space was absolutely the first one. Um, yeah, I was also the number one space host from in 2021 and most of 2022. So, uh, all the way up until August of 2022, when I actually stepped away for three months, September, October, November, I didn't do many spaces, maybe two in, in 90 days. And let me tell you guys, the algorithm, if you don't can stay consistent and you take some time off, it's definitely punish. It punishes you hard. So focus on maintaining consistency. I did 455 straight days 
of spaces that were 10 hours plus and it worked great. It was amazing. And, uh, you know, Twitter actually, um, and that's a lot of time, right, Tom? So, uh, it, Twitter actually used to favor people who did space, uh, space hosting. So the algorithm doesn't do that anymore, but it used to. So like they're on a regular day, just one day, let's just say a Monday, I would get 200 new followers, Tuesday, 200 new followers, Wednesday, 200 new followers. Like every single day I did Twitter spaces, I was growing. And then like six months after Twitter spaces launched, they, they ding the algorithm back so that Twitter spaces doesn't help. What it does help is full funnel metrics. Twitter spaces is top, middle and bottom of the funnel right on here. If you don't know who I am, Bongo even knows right now. He's just talking to me. I mean, we've talked, me and me and Ernest or slash Bongo have talked a bunch, but if you do Twitter spaces and people don't know who you are, but hear you talk and hear like how you answer questions, things like that. Like first they find out about you, which is top of the funnel, middle of the funnel as wow, I like what that person just said. Let me check them out a little bit more. And then bottom of the funnel, they take part. They either sign up for a newsletter or join your discord or, you know, purchase something, whatever the case may be, it builds trust within like minutes rather than having to build trust over like days, weeks, or months with like tweets and threads and content of all kind, you build trust here in no time. What's up, Bongo? I love it. I love it. I love hearing your, your, your takes and your journey and live audio is definitely like a perfect, it's perfect for the NFT space and I guess even the crypto space. But after being here for that long and seeing the evolution of like the space as a whole, where do you see live audio going? Like, I feel like Twitter Spaces hosts are extremely bullish in it. And I mean, they seem to be working on the platform, but where do you see go see it going? And do you think they will be used for, for like all type of conversations? Because some of them to me are like cringe or weird. They don't have. <laughs> they so are. I agree with you, by the way. Um, I what I've seen through the Twitter space, um, Twitter spaces and and Clubhouse, all that stuff. Like Twitter spaces specifically, though, is that when I was doing Twitter spaces, like I said, when I first started, there was like no one had access to it for the first like two or three months, unless you had ten thousand followers and yada yada. There was a whole bunch of like prerequisites, and as soon as those prerequisites dropped my Twitter space of like a thousand people, 600 people, 800 people dropped because they all wanted to do their own Twitter spaces. And that all ended in like 60 days at most. And they all consolidated. And right now it's happening again in 2022 when the bear market hit a lot of spaces disappeared for never to be seen again. And then now in 2023, we're coming out strong, right? It's already February 1st. We're already a month down in the new year. And how many spaces are back, right? People are just now going, wow, I just discovered Twitter spaces. Well, Twitter spaces has been around for a long time now. So good that you just discovered it, but it's been here. So literally it's going to be two years. It'll be two years in April for me doing NFT Twitter spaces. I think that's the right calculation. April, 2021, April, 2022. Yeah. Yep. So this April will be two years for Twitter spaces. And then I got into NFTs August of 2020, um, literally in the heat of the pandemic, I had nothing to do, nothing going on. And a friend of mine wanted to like mint his artwork onto the blockchain yet. He had no, he didn't have 
a lot of, like he didn't really win in the regular space. Like he couldn't sell his artwork. He has hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and Twitter and he could not sell his art even for like $9. Like he was like, Hey, I'm going to sell this for like nine bucks. The print I'll send it to you guys. You in everybody was like, yes, on Twitter. As soon as he released it, nobody bought. And then he's like, I'm going to put it on the blockchain. I'm like, well, if no one's going to buy it in the real world, why would you think people are going to buy it on the blockchain? I had no confidence that this was going to work. And guess what? It 100% blew my mind. He sold out like five pieces in 26 minutes and made like 30 something ETH. Um, and I was like hooked. That was the moment I got hooked. And I sold my first NFT, which was an Instagram post, by the way. It was just some art I was going to use on an Instagram post. And uh, I put it up on Mintify. <laughs> this shows how amateur I was, right? I put it up on Mintify in October of 2020 and it sold for $400 on Ethereum. I was like, what? Like, why would anybody buy my Instagram post? <laughs> but it was good. I guess the art was good. Go ahead, uh, Extreme Tom, what's up? So I'm pretty deep in the weeds when it comes to like all the new tech stuff coming out. I wanted to know what you thought would happen when, I don't know if you know about this, but it's just recently happened that you can actually put NFTs on Bitcoin. And I wanted to know what you thought that would do to the space. Well, I mean, it's not the first time you could put NFTs on Bitcoin, right? Counterparty, yeah. colored coins were the first ones, right? You know what I mean? Like back in the yeah, so they, early, early They've days. made them a lot easier to manage and handle wallet-wise. I mean, if you want to check it out, uh, but full disclosure, like the, the, some people put whatever they want to, and there has been porn on there. Oh, we'll of, go course. To Audible's, of course, of go course, of course. <laughs> take a look. Um, it, it's really taken off right now. Tom, send, can you send me something to my DMs real quick and I can check it out? That'd be great. Yeah. Appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, I think, that's, do that now. I think that's interesting. You know, the funny, the funny part is they did a test once and they're like, they allowed, you know, people to like put things on, you know, whatever you want and, and mint it, right? Images, anything you want to do. And the first thing anybody ever does is they, uh, they draw a dick on the blockchain. Every time, every time some new art thing comes out, the first thing people draw is a dick. It's crazy. Uh, but it's just true. Like you can Google that if you want. Bongo, what's up, my man? And that, that was my first NFT. It, <laughs> it was the dick. Uh, it's like, <laughs> A big collection on Ethereum is supposed to be just art and you can get like any character like a Spider-Man or like Goku, whatever you want. It's called um, not to shield, but crypto cock. It's, it's worth, worth, worthless and it's just art on the blockchain. And I found this through Reddit when I was trying to learn about NFTs. And uh, yeah, for some reason, people like buying dates. Mine is supposed to be like Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man. But um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's just true, man. People like to draw, you know, people like to draw that stuff. Real nice guy. Welcome to the stage, my man. I haven't seen you for a while. What's going on, my man? Lucas, GM, GM, everyone. GM. Pretty good, man. What's going on in your world? Not much. Um, just got off a couple phone calls, just sitting tight for the, waiting for the Fed decision here to oh, judge boy. everything. Oh, um, boy. Are rates going up? Are rates going up? Well, <laughs> I think we assume they are, but we don't know if it's going to be 50 or 25 basis points. Obviously, it's not going to be decreased in the rate, but it'd be a surprise to see un unchanged. Um, but we're, I think from what I've seen, it's about 50 basis points. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, I keep thinking that they're going to do 
Like they're going to they're going to either remain the same. We're not going to raise anything because, you know, it, it instills a little bit more confidence. But in this case, it seems like you're right. They might actually go up like by a half. What do you think? 0. 0.5 or what do you think it is? If it's 0. 0.5, it's what expected. 0. 0.25, we're in a good scenario. Market would probably sell off for a little while, but recover. Um, unchanged would be surprised. And clearly it's not going to be decrease or, um, what if but, it's point? Uh, what if it's point seven five? What are you gonna say? <laughs> I mean that that'll tank the market. <laughs> I'm not expecting that. That's why I didn't say that. But um, no. Uh, what was I gonna say? I do think just because the rates going up today, I do believe with the um, they have expressed that they won't be um, uh, increasing it for the second half of twenty three. So that does make people assumptions on the outlook for the second half of twenty three, heading into Q three Q four. Yeah. I hope. I really hope. I really hope. Hey, Lucas, the mic's like really static. Is that me or is that you guys with the noise? I think that was you, Helen. I think it was you, man. <laughs> was that me? I thought that was a real nice guy. Holy cow. Uh, I think it was you. A hurricane over there in LA. Wow, did it really? I'm sorry about that, guys. I don't know what's going on with my audio today. It's whacking out, yo. I got the Roadcaster Pro over here all cranked up. What's up? Do I sound like a radio show host here or what? Nice, man. Clear. Crystal. Clear. Do I sound like a real nice guy? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. You, <laughs> you sound like, um, I don't know, like a preacher on the radio. Kind of like that. Hallelujah. Not right. that time. I'm passing, I'm passing the collection plate around, everybody. Drop some Ethan. <laughs> Good times. All right. So open editions, real nice guy. What do you think, man? I'm still like following up, catching up, I guess, with what the joke or like what's going on with these open editions. I did watch K Money's uh, video on it last night and I thought it was interesting. Um, listen, I, I think in this market, you have to do anything you can to adapt and evolve. Um, whether it be in, you know, for personal, I mean, if you're an artist and you're trying to survive, I can understand trying to make a more collection based, um, addition, but I, I can see the kind of negative feedback from some people and the fact that it does cause a situation of one person benefiting or multiple people benefiting and the majority not. So I, I look at it as let's, kind of just see how the market reacts over the next couple of weeks with Yuga and other major leading indicators to kind of pull the direction of where we're heading. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens. I, 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 I'm, I'm open to the, it's funny, open. I'm open <laughs> to the idea. <laughs> nice. Well uh, yes. Uh, open to the idea of uh, just new creative um, takes on the market. And, you know, I think anything goes, um, but in the, you know, the, for the right reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. So my question to you, would would you be like better off? Would you feel better about open editions if you you minted 10 and you flipped them all for like two ETH? Would you, how would you feel about open editions then? You know how I would feel. I would probably, <laughs> I would probably feel real nice. Everybody, I love that. <laughs> real, everybody, uh, we, it's like if we make money, we don't feel salty about anything. We were like, yeah, open editions all day long. <laughs> but I mean, that was like me in Goblin Town when it was at nine Ethereum. 
I was real heavy on the goblins. <laughs> but, you know, things things happen. The market comes to fruition, and the reality sets in. So, um, like I said, I think you should never FOMO and you know rush into things, but also really do some due diligence and kind of figure out is this the best play for yourself in this you know certain economic environment because there's really no telling because if eth goes lower then things start to go south and people start to change again so everything's everyone's positive and happy because we're up you know 30 40 percent in the month of january but today's decision could easily wipe out half of that <laughs> if we if we are not pay, you know, paying close attention but i also am a firm believer that as we inch closer to the bitcoin having in 2024 that crypto naturally is going to start to decouple and move away from traditional markets and equities and i don't care what you know quote financial experts have to say about it bitcoin and crypto didn't exist in the last economic downturn it came from it so i'm not going to use your you know forecasts as a direction of where crypto is going as far as an adoption scale we're seeing it you know grow on a you know, faster pace than the internet and I think, was it yesterday or the day before Lebanon or one of the countries announced that the government's going to devalue their currency 90%. And if that is an indicator of to buy something like Bitcoin, then you're not paying attention. So um, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm also a believer that um, XRP Ripple, their um, SEC uh, case is going to settle here in the next couple of months. And that'll kind of lead us in a direction, more clarity and kind of expose the SEC for the corrupt um, business you know, operation that they're running. Gary Gensler is going to get a taste of his own medicine for the hypocritical um, bullshit. He's put a lot of the crypto companies in failures. You know, it's hypocritical to attack, attack Ripple for what they're doing and then allow FTX to just destroy people's lives. And um, they didn't monitor that. So that's that's my thought on where we're heading over the next couple of months. But I'm excited because I do think that there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of money to be made in the right position so shout out to those that stuck around and um you know you you will be on the other side <laughs> other side uh oh um, uh -oh. That, I'm throwing that in there too i love it i love your i love your product drops your name dropping I don't is mean crazy. that was unintentional but, it happened <laughs> really well. but um yeah i'm excited to hear other people's opinions too because i know that i'm more i always lean bullish because i always believe that if you believe in something long term, it doesn't matter what the price is, like the day to day or hour to hour prices. You know, I always look at it from the six month to yearly um, to every couple of years. So this to me is much bigger than what people say about it now. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, as you can tell. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, I, I, I'm still sold on this this scenario I was shown back in the day. Back in the day. It's hilarious. So like May of 2021, someone was like, Luke, just imagine imagine a world where water no i'm just kidding so uh no for real like this uh this guy i knew he was from canada he was like just imagine like you need to send money to a relative and this is his as a real world problem he, he was basically solving with crypto he's like i needed to send money to a relative in another country and you know the banks weren't open yet they needed the money really badly at that time he took some of his crypto you know, dropped a certain amount of it in, waited for, you know, the gas to go really, really low and for, you know, crypto to like drop a little bit, right? Because it was, you know, it's pretty steady, um, especially during the, during the bull, it was pretty steady. And it dropped just a little bit, like 5%. He sent the money um, via Ethereum to the guy, um, to his relative, and bam, 
like he got the money in like seconds rather than days. It would have taken days to make a transfer of whatever amount of money. I can't remember the amount of money, but it was, it was not a tiny amount of money, but it wasn't a lot of money either. A bank should have been able to handle that easily, but they just weren't open. And to transfer that kind of money, you need to have them open. And it was over the weekend, but he transferred it in crypto. And it was like, it took like no time. And he said, that's the solution. When you're doing peer to peer money like that, like that's the, the, like that's the utopian world we want. We want to be able to send money to people without like intermediaries. Oh, sorry. You got to do it during business hours. It's like, what do you mean? I have to do it during business hours. It's my money. And, but uh, what about illegal transactions and drug use? Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's literally what they say about everything that they don't want you to have access to, right? They instantly go, drugs. <laughs> or they say something that's going to be a negative connotation towards it. So I just think it's interesting that he actually, his problem he solved that couldn't be solved in the real world, I thought was awesome. And I think he, um, he sold me on it. I was already bought in, but he sold me on it. Big time sold on because of that scenario with his, with his family. And I think that's what really brought it home to me. Good times. Real, real nice guy. So Brad, what do you, what smart contracts are you developing today? I'm about to, I'm going to close down the space in three minutes. So let's get our last like takes here real quick. What do you, uh, what do you, uh, are you coding anything today for Pepsi? Or are you just like chilling? Yeah, I'm actually working on, uh, upgradable proxy contracts. That today. sounds like a hoot, dude. I, just yeah. can't wait. I can't wait to get into that. I bet. Man. You sound real excited about it. I'm you know, honestly, like even as a developer, I'm not like I'm not like super amped on. I mean, they're they're dope and they're cool. And like I remember messing with them years ago, and then it was kind of like, oh, cool. That that's neat. Moving on, you know. And now all of a sudden, they've come back up onto onto my plate, and it's like, oh fuck, I gotta like refresh and like go through all that again. And yeah, so it'll be uh, it's gonna be a half fun and a half educational day for me today. That sounds like fun, dude. Learning's always a good time. I don't know. That's how I see at least. Fuck yeah. Learning's dope. I'm a big fan. I celebrate learning's whole collection. I still think school's worthwhile too, guys. Like having that degree really gets you in the door sometimes. Sometimes, not always. Real nice guy, real nice guy just DM me. He said he agrees as well. So I appreciate that, bud. You don't want to ask me. <laughs> I know. I know you're. Wait, wait, wait. I'll tell you what. I'm an alumni. I'll tell you what. I'm an alumni from the University of No Degree. How about that? <laughs> I know we've talked about this before. That's why I said. But no, it. <laughs> I, I respect education. I think everything's important. I just think in this day and age that the um, you know specialty stuff and you know doctors, you know specific extra school um, that stuff obviously is important, but. I think the days of everyone needs to go to college, everyone needs to get a degree, everyone needs to do this. I think that mentality is um, just a little outdated in a way. But again, I think if you're going to teach your kids to go work in a factory when the majority of the world is mobile and digital, um, you're not really preparing them for the future. So I do actually like Gary Vee's take on college and school um and definitely i can relate a lot to that as somebody that felt like an outsider in most traditional i mean i, I have obviously i went to um, dropped out of college but did one year there in little marymount but uh <laughs> the, i didn't know uh, you went to lmu dude i'm yeah, it's right dude, down the, it's, LA boy. It's, right, it's right down the street for me dude so right on no i lived in um san pedro kind of long beach south bay um but it's it's not really called the south bay bro like oh, south bay is like God. Manhattan, Hermosa. I, well, I live in South Bay. Oh, that's what South I'm saying. Bay. What do they say? What do they say? I live in South Bay. 
I swear they there was. I mean, I used to live. Maybe I'm old now, but um, yeah, 27 and old. But uh, the <laughs> you're getting up there. I know, dude. I'm like friends getting married, having babies. Oh my god, um, dude! Cats and dogs early, early, living early, together, more, mass hysteria. It's more just marriages, but still it's it's happening quick but i recognize that so and i also recognize that i don't have to make the same decisions as everybody else and i think that's what kind of has made my route to and my path of this life that i live be so unique and fun is that you know i i obviously i didn't seek out advice from my friends and peers that should i spend x amount of money on this jpeg monkey and blah 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 and not knowing where it would end up and you know and making the right decisions at the right time and um I just think going with your gut and believing in yourself is more important than what other people think about you and what, you know, their past experiences and how they think you should live. So I'm excited again, as I can't express enough that we're still here and we're still doing it as much as in a way it seems like it's a insanity or um, doing the same thing every day. It's going to pay off because I think the whole point of this is just paying attention. Um, As so many people didn't pay attention in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 with crypto and Bitcoin. So I'm really open to the idea of new opportunity. So don't dwell in the past. Don't live in the regrets and mistakes that you did in the last year or two and wish you could have done, could have, would have, should have. I'm, I'm in the same boat. So I'm, I'm just focused on tomorrow, next week, next month, next year mentality. So um, live like every it. day like it's your last too, you know? Yeah. Mom- momentum more, right? Let's go. That's what I'm saying, guys. Well, I like hey, it. Hey, that's funny. No, wait, wait, wait. You, what'd you say? You said, say momentum more. Basically. Okay, so on my tattoo on my arm, sorry to interrupt you, no, but no, okay. I have Vogilio Sovire Prime de More. Oh, look at you. Wow, dude. Yeah. Respect. For all those who don't know what that means, tell them what it is. Real nice guy. It just says, I just want to live before I die. Boom. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually a quote. I had a near-death experience in 2018 of a, a car crash, totaled my car, fell asleep at the wheel, all this bullshit, right? Anyways, the next week is when I put all my money into crypto. Um, like every every dime I had from the stock market in 2018 into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And, you know, I, I didn't, I don't really, I'm not really religious or anything. And no voice came to me in my head and said, buy crypto, it's the future. But something in me said that, Life is really short in that you're going to take risks. You might as well do it now. And so I said, oh, I'm going to take a life bet on Bitcoin and crypto. And, you know, five, six years, you know, here we are. I'm, I'm still alive and uh, continuing to spread the message and, you know, get that second chance at life. So I, I on tattooed on my forearm is um, I got this last year, actually, when I came back to L.A. Um, I, so I left L.A. It was symbolic. I left L.A. in 2015 after dropping out my freshman year of college. And then I came back and. Um, August of 21, right after I bought my board ape for a LA NFT meetup. Hey, I was I there. Was it the July? Yeah. Was it the July ape fest? No, it was the uh, August. It was the August Gabe Weiss bright moments. Was um, not. I was not at that one. I was at the the July the first ape fest in yeah. Venice. And, and so it's all tied together. So I, I, I really, um, you know, I have a really soft heart and spot for Web three and crypto and the digital world. And I don't think, and I don't care what the price or what anybody says what we accomplished we all did this together i don't care if you had the assets or not like if you were part of the 2020 to 2020 
to bull market and crypto and NFTs, then you are part of history. And, um, you know, like that to me is the most important thing. I'm a, I mean, right now on my YouTube, I have it pulled up just sitting here talking, but it's just a bunch of history videos, you know, war videos and me too. I watch, like like, I (laughs) I had somebody over to my house yesterday. They're like, Oh my God, like all, all that's on your YouTube channel like everything you're watching, like every predictive, like, Hey, you like this. It's all like ancient history or just history stuff. And they're like, you don't use YouTube for anything else. I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. But I use a different profile to like do all my searches for educational stuff. Right. And I keep this one purely for like entertainment and watching, you know, content. And I love history stuff. People get bored with that. No way, man. History is where it's at. It's the jam. It's funny because like everything we've done in history has led us to this point, technology, you know, evolution, human population, all that stuff, right? Like crypto and Bitcoin, like the, the, the old saying in history class that we all remember is that all roads lead to Rome and Rome being the greatest empire of all time. And quote, um, when you think about now, it's funny that all of politics, science, human, just human attention, technology, finance, everything's being absorbed into this black hole that's Bitcoin and crypto, right? And I have, I own, and I own, I own the saying in the metaverse, all roads lead to Bitcoin, dot E. <laughs> oh boy. So I, 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 and I, I, I stand by that because I believe that in the end, I'm not a, I'm not a diehard Bitcoin maxi. I think some people think I am, but I just think that the importance of Bitcoin as like a centerpiece of your portfolio and your life in regards to where the world is going is because of Bitcoin. And so the, the saying of all roads lead to Bitcoin is when you think about everything we're doing is because of Bitcoin. And so I, I kind of connect the dots and realize, wow, there's, <laughs> there's something much bigger going on. So I'm excited that again, that we can continue to do this together. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love the, your story about the near death experience, man, and the car crash and stuff like that. That's cool. Are you back in LA now or are you up in San Francisco? So I'm still up in San Francisco. Um, Super I am, cool. I'm actually coming to LA, believe it or not. When? First, February 23rd through the 6th, if I'm not mistaken. I yeah, have are, a you missing, are you missing NFT LA, that means? Wait, wait, when's NFT LA? The end of March. No, 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 no. I'll be going to that. That's different. That's that's a separate <laughs> um, separate event. But no, um, what's it called? I have a cousin getting married in santa monica or excuse me marina del rey um at their house uh i think that's saturday so i think that's the 25th so i'll be there thursday or friday till sunday or something like that so hopefully i can see some people and i i really really like i have one thing i want to do in la and that's go to board and hungry <laughs> oh nice do that for a long time. <laughs> isn't that isn't that in long beach where is that located yeah. now yeah. I, I think it's Long Beach, but either way, I just want to spend a couple hours and just see some buddies and stuff because I know that there's a huge population of crypto, Web3, NFT people in, in Los Angeles. So I got it. Yeah, it is. LA is, the, LA is one of the hubs, right? It's Miami, LA, New York. I don't know where, I don't know any other ones. Is anybody but, any also, other ones? But, but also, more importantly, I'm just excited for some West Coast events. Feels like everything's on the East Coast, and that that to me is kind of a hassle a lot of the time, just because I can't spend more than I don't know four or five days because I have four dogs and and I gotta watch. <laughs> like they're not big dogs; they're you know two Frenchies and 
two older dogs. But again, I it's it's just a pain in the ass for anybody that knows. Just with just with dogs, I can't even imagine a human being like babies and kids and stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm just happy that we can get some West Coast stuff going. And not to, I mean, this is totally speculative. Keep it between us and this tiny little Twitter space. Wait, should we should we go into the office and close the door? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Everyone's, everyone's, this is this is between us and this doesn't leave the space. Okay. I've heard that Yuga has made plans for a massive festival, multi-day festival, separate from NFT New York, separate from any NFT event coming in 2023 in the second half of the year. That, to me, brings the light of major artists, major connections, major networking opportunity. Um and I just think that with more direction from the rest of the market, I think that's, you know, that's the alpha I have um, for those that are, but what, from what, and I guess it was like, what, why does that matter? I don't have an ape. Well, this is the point. It's no longer just an ape only event. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. It's going to be a massive, um, like Coachella type event is what I'm getting at. I'm, so, sm- I'm smiling saying it, but like, I just, I just want to keep that between the room and, from I have sources that are higher up in ties with Yuga, and they've confirmed that they're not doing a, a fest like at New York at the same time as everybody else. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the thing is, will you? Uh, my, at least my question would be: Do you need to own a Yuga asset of some kind, like an other side deed or something, to get in? Or do you no. actually? Oh, okay. I think I think general admissions for everybody. I think there'll be perks like VIP and different tiers for those that have um, Yuga assets. You know what I mean? Like instead of making it only apes, only a plus one, it's, oh, we have 30,000 tickets per day. And then if you have a board ape, we have 5,000 reserved for this. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be more specific to like make it much more accessible than, and then having access to a lot of the celebrities and people that own board apes. I think that's the most important thing. And then also tying it around when it isn't evolved around all the major sporting events since a lot of the athletes do own board apes and stuff. So that makes sense. That makes sense. I think uh, anybody that owns a Yuga asset should get him for free. That's my opinion. Oh, here's a fun little game we could play for everybody that's thinking right now about what's coming. Imagine this year's Super Bowl. What do you think they're going to tease? I mean, last year we got some, we had some West Coast, um, you know, West Coast throwbacks, but this year with Rihanna and, you know, I think. It's, you know, a lot of companies spending massive amounts of money. For, I mean, Coinbase was the biggest sponsor of last year's Super Bowl. Obviously, they probably won't be spending as much this year. But don't you think other companies are going to advertise VR, digital stuff? I guarantee there'll be a commercial with something on the QR code. Use your phone. Scan this. I think there's going to be a really interactive with your TV is what I'm getting at. I think this is going to be a Super Bowl that involves something that ties the metaverse and um, – whether it be IBM, I mean, fuck, but isn't it Budweiser? They're beer.eth. They're literally sponsoring the, I mean, it's like you start to think about who is the major, the biggest sponsors of the Super Bowl. Pepsi, I don't know if, I don't know if Pepsi is anymore, but um, Apple Music, I think, is the main halftime now. So Apple's getting involved. So I, I think it's going to be just a massive opportunity for a lot of companies to showcase. I mean, I mean I'm, I'll put money down that Meta, Facebook does a commercial for metaverse like i guarantee that that's a no-brainer um but i'm just interested to see what we get this month considering that it is the end of the football cycle and 
we're heading into the period of the year where there's literally, I mean, besides basketball, there's no other sports. I mean, is there hockey? I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. But uh, yeah, um, so much going on. And I feel like I'm finally coming out of that slump that I feel like so much have, so many of us have been in in the last six months when it comes to Twitter and crypto and NFTs. Right. Do you think, uh, so real nice guy, you've been around a long time, just like me question to you is have you seen and maybe you said you haven't been in spaces that much um but have you seen people in uh the space like disappear uh come into the space and then all of a sudden like like spaces like space hosts were here and now they're gone have you seen a lot more of those uh less people doing spaces or more people doing spaces or do you see more of a consolidation or do you have not noticed at all that's a great question. So this I, turned into a real nice guy like interview. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. No, um, it's fun. Just because I, I like to give my personal take on things, and I feel like I'm more of an observer now than somebody that's participating in quote. So I used to host a lot of spaces and um, be very active on Twitter daily, and now I just, I mean, it feels like it, there's really no point, and I mean that with you know true, genuine um, integrity and whatnot. I, I just think we're just talking out of our ass at this point because no one really knows what's going on. And it's, it's, it's harsh to like keep saying this is going to happen. That's going to happen. I believe this is going to happen until it actually does. So from now on, and at least for the last couple of months, I haven't like promised or said anything or that, you know I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about stuff, but if it doesn't happen, it's just, we're just making up shit. We're just insane. And so I figured, well, how do we become more productive and more informal? And like one thing that I realized that made me so successful about a year ago was, um, scarcity. And so being less available, being less, uh, less available in the sense of accessible, like I'm always on spaces. I'm always on stage. Like now it needs to be, I'm observing, I'm a, I'm a listener. I'm, I'm not in spaces as much. Um, just because like I said, there really is nothing positive right now until like Yuga makes the announcement the next month, this next couple of weeks, we really have no direction. So I'm not going to sit there and say, Oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen until I literally have confirmation from the mouth of the dragon literally saying, Hey, yeah. this is what we're doing, right. And so to answer your original question, I have taken down notes of individuals that I thought were leaders in the space that have completely changed and flipped. Um, I've seen new faces rise up that are complete garbage that are leading the space. Um, some, some of which you're all familiar with. I'm not big fans of, um, I don't like the titles of some of the spaces, um, I have issues with a couple individuals, but other let's than talk that, about it. Let's talk about it. This is, this is going to get interesting. This space is about to get really interesting, a little spicy right now. I like this real nice guy is about to tell us. And I want to know, Matt, what do you think of the name of the space right here? NFT daily buzz. What are your thoughts? Should I change the name? Do you have any other good names? No, I think that's cool. I mean, there's always stuff going on and important and not important stuff. So yeah, True there's story. Right. Like, I think you need to know what's going on. It's like TMZ for, uh, for, uh, I definitely don't want to be the TMZ. That's for sure. But yeah, I feel you. What are the, uh, what are the, um, give me some, give me some spaces you don't like, and you don't have to name names, just name the space, like the name of the space, um, stuff like that. <laughs> I, you know, it's, there's really only one space I'm not a huge fan of and actually not a fan at all, but I, it, we had some issues back in like September and I'm talking about a space called web three exposed. Oh yeah. That's a tough and one. Man. That's a tough it's, one. It's unfortunately led by a big name board eight books who I'm sure you're all familiar with and uh somewhat relevant mutant ape named profits that 
continues to bully and pretend that they run the space and that they've done more than all of us and they continue to do more for all of us and i'm like yeah i just i'm I'm, i think it's funny that some random person with some profile pictures trying to like bully me from across the country digitally when they're completely irrelevant and um you know, I think some people take this way more serious than so. Basically, what happened was in September when that stuff started occurring and they started attacking other people and drama started coming on. I, I realized, you know what, this this is the space is no longer positive. We're all gonna make it GM happy, happy, positive. It's fucking true colors are showing. Everybody's negative. It's all about money and all this other you know negative stuff. So I, I definitely took some time away and I was like, I reevaluated everything and I said, you know what, they don't deserve. Like they don't deserve the real me and the real me is genuine and honest and, um, tells you how it is and tries to just keep everything positive and fun. And so when I saw just a bunch of negative, there's no, there's no point in trying to argue with a bunch of idiots that don't know what they're talking about, that don't have that weren't here in the beginning. And that that's the hardest part for me is watching people that have only been here for six months to a year, telling people that have been here for five or six years, where the market's going, what they should invest in, what they should buy. And they don't even have the profile picture or digital assets to back up their opinion. They're talking out of their ass. They don't even own a full Bitcoin. Like these are people that literally got in the space in the last two years being like, even I own a full Bitcoin, dude. Like, what the heck? Like, Like, come on. Like you are not in crypto unless you own a full Bitcoin, right? I'm just kidding. I know. I think everybody's a joke. (laughs) That's what I was trying to say. Um, But no, like again, and I have nothing against profits. I have nothing against books at this point. It's so far in the past. If anything, I'd give them a big hug and a kiss on the cheek, grab a drink. You know, that's the mentality I have because that's who I am. But um, you know, I'm not going to be bullied by some person that thinks they're better than everybody when, you know, like, again, I don't like to play elitist or, you know, I'm better, she's better, they're better. But like, you don't, you don't come at somebody that's been here longer than you and knows more than you. Like in the sense of like, you're talking to a guy that's an expert in the sense of time, not crypto or NFTs time. You know, what's funny funny about that though? Real nice guy. Like seriously, why are we so scared about calling people experts? I mean, dude, when you've been doing something for four or five years in the space, like maybe not in NFTs, right? But at least in crypto, like why are we afraid of calling these people experts? Why are we afraid think, of this? It's funny because when is it? seems like there's legal stuff behind it. I think experience is the better way of just, I mean, I mean, what is experience short for? I mean, expert, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. I just think it's, I just think it's interesting. People are so scared to say like, oh, there's no such thing as an expert in the space. It's like, okay, well, you know, I guess there was no such thing as an expert in the web space back in 98. My ass, there wasn't. There were a lot of people that were experts in the internet at the time. And yeah, it's rapidly evolving and changing. As long as they stay up, as long as you stay up with like the rapid changes and like you keep iterating and keep making yourself better, giving yourself more skills and stuff like that, it works. You can be an expert. Go ahead. Hey, Extreme Tom, go for it, my man. Hey guys, you're talking about people kind of bullying on on different shows and whatever else you're generally on Twitter. It's interesting you bring that up because there's this weird thing that I think happens in the space, is, which is we're emerging. It's a whole new thing, like kind of coming out of nowhere and everyone's trying to make their mark, kind of leave that there for history. And people are scrambling to try to get that little tick there for everyone else to look at in five, 10 years time and go, hey, that guy did that, that's awesome. And you actually see it in code as well. So 
it's sad to say this happens because like there's there's a tradition of if you use someone's code in any way, even if they're giving you permission to sell it or whatever, you basically give them like thumbs up or a little hat tip like in the code. You say, oh, you know, I got this from here. Thank you very much. Whatever. Sure. But as people who are out there kind of like stealing other people's code and then pushing it and saying, hey, I pioneered this thing. And then someone else is like, hey, I wrote that two years ago. It's on my GitHub. Like, and you're getting all the credit and you're not giving me any. And it's like, it's a horrible thing that happens. But I think it's inevitable because the space is, it's a baby right now. It's got to mature. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think there's, there's a lot of maturity to happen across everything, right? So I guess you could say no one's an expert in the internet, but you know, the internet's been around for how long? Like when is, when is that moment? I mean, you know, Michael Jackson proclaimed himself the king of pop. No one argued with that. Um, they just started calling him the king of pop. So, I mean, I've done, I've been in the internet since the internet's been around and, uh, I can easily say, I still remember the dial up tone. <laughs> yeah. Same man. Same. Trust me. AOL. Whew. That was like a whole, oh, yeah. that was a whole new world doing those dial up modems. And, uh, it changed my life. I literally told, I remember going in college, my like junior year, I'm going to be on the, I'm going to be working on the internet. And they're like, my parents were like, you are, you're, you're going to fail in life. And I was like, what? They're like, the internet's a fad. Don't even look at it. Don't even think about it. Be a doctor or, you know, a lawyer or go get your MBA. And which I, you know, I definitely went and got grad graduate degrees, but that doesn't mean, uh, I think I was more successful working at a dot com. I got more experience working at a dot com in 12 months than I did uh, my entire six year, you know, in six years in college. So um, it's kind of crazy that, that that stuff happens. Hey, uh, we got somebody new up here. Who is, uh, hey, Death Proof, what's up, man? I like, first of all, deathproof.eth. What a great name. Hey, thank you. How are you guys doing? Good. Sorry, I sound a little under the weather today, but yeah, thank you. Uh, I was just coming up when you guys were talking about the Super Bowl. I had some thoughts on that. I've been hearing a lot about the Digi-Daigakus that are doing an ad during the Super Bowl with the QR code. It's supposedly like a free mint or something, but... I don't know. Last year they said that, you know, Yuga or Board Ape, they were supposed to be doing something during halftime as well, but it never panned out. So I'm kind of hoping this year with all the hype in the market right now that they actually do do something during the Super Bowl and it brings more attention because, you know, like the last few months has been pretty rough with the FTX and, and you know, all the, all the crap and the bull, the bear market and like you said the bullying that went on in the space i think a lot of it has to do with people being down in their bags and taking it out on other people you know and not enjoying the space for what it is i've been here for a few years now and i've seen the progression of you know ultimate euphoria everybody being happy and and making money on everything and everybody's your friend to you know seeing so many people leave and, you know, just take a step back. And the people that are here are minting degen prog uh, projects that, you know, go to zero just to stay alive in the market. And everybody fuds. And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to clean, happy market. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, it's up to us. You know, it's up to us in these spaces, right, to make a clean. We need to make a clean, happy market. You know, like right here, this space is clean. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's got some real nice women and nice night, a real nice guy in the space too. Right. We just got, we're the ones who actually have to make this happen. So, uh, 
Yeah. I think real yeah. nice. I think yeah, real I, nice guy needs to join the space more often. Every, like I do this show every morning, real nice guy. You need to be in here, my man. Jump in. What time, what time uh, do you guys start? Um, I usually start between, uh, I usually start between eight thirty. It's usually eight thirty sharp, but I'm 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 experimenting between eight thirty and nine a.m. right now. Oh, I'm definitely down. I'm I'm up early West Coast time around six six thirty. Oh, dude, you gotta jump in. Like, get in here yeah. and co-host with me, man. We'll have okay. a we'll have a fun time, man. I'm down. I literally had I just got off a phone call with Concord. Like, oh no way! Like an hour, nice. yeah. The legendary Concord. Um, <laughs> legendary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just fun going to these events and calling everybody by their their eight names or like their doodle or their uh just like their Twitter handle eth tag. I just think that's funny. I just what would you what would you call? Names. I know what's well what's well mine's a real name. So what would you call me at this thing? Do you just call me Lucas? Yeah, that sucks. I, mean, I need a fake name. Lucas How do Bean? I? Lucas I need Bean a, and the yeah. cool cat. <laughs> <laughs> so do I need a I need a pseudonym? Right? I need to make up a name for myself. Shoot, I'll come up with it sometime, sometime soon. I, th- I feel like that name will come on a Lucas Unleashed space. I feel like that's the only place where tonight's that the happen. night for Lucas Unleashed. Just so you guys know, anybody in this audience right now, this is your chance. Don't forget, I'm not going to post it. I'm going to be posting it in the DMs. You might see the space live. I haven't done a Lucas Unleashed since I think it was what was it May of 2022. It's been a long time. What we do is uh, we grab our favorite uh, you know, discombobulated uh, beverage or whatever you do and like get torn up um, on spaces. So if you guys are up for it, I'll do it tonight. Let's see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's called Lucas Unleashed. Look for the space. We'll have some fun. Drink some White Claws. Real nice guy. Well, he loves, real nice guy loves him some White Claws. Dude. Here's, here's the alpha real real nice seltzer coming to your house dude i will buy that in a second <laughs> near soon near term bro i'm telling you we'll have some we'll have some real nice uh cabernet real nice vodka real nice oh. whiskey real nice beer it's just oh everything my God. It's hilarious. are you really gonna do that with that name because that's a great i name. mean i own a bunch of en or ens's for a reason <laughs> Respect. I, I, I listen. The parent company, a real nice LLC, doesn't fuck around. We are prepared to make some acquisitions and deliver on products for those that feel the same way. Also, in a in a way where I think marketing a brand in this day and age needs to be short and simple. And one of the most successful brands, or two brands I can think of, are Mr. Beast and Full Send. Why not throw real nice in there? Because I, I don't think I don't think people realize that they say it all the fucking time, and I, I, I say that with a passion. Because you either describe things as real nice or really nice, and you know what the best thing about the metaverse and ENS and ownership is? I own both. I own it all. So anything you describe as really nice, you will refer back and associate back to me and my brand. And I would plan on returning back to those that want to believe in that. So whether that be you know, I have real nice T-shirts, real nice hoodies, real like the the, the idea is it can be expanded upon. You literally could put it on anything. A real nice hotel, a real nice car. <laughs> like it's like you fucking. It's again. I I've had the name real nice. I mean, as you can tell, on my Twitter since 2011. So I used to refer to myself as a real nice guy 
you know, as a joke. Um, and the, like the, 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 the nice isn't like, oh, he's a nice guy. He's super nice. Like, no, nice as in Borat, like nice. Like <laughs> you make the finger gesture and you go, nice. And, uh, you know, I'm a real nice guy in the sense of like, I am real and I stand for reality. And, you know, nice guys, they used to finish last. But unfortunately, there's nice only guys one. finish last. But there's only one real nice guy. And that's me. <laughs> And so, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm just so passionate about um, where we've come and what we've done. And, you know, I had the name Real Nice and all that stuff prior to even owning the board Ape. And so when I found out that I could own my IP and my digital brand and build upon that and, you know, grow my network by buying this expensive JPEG monkey, then I was I was full send at that point. And it was full the same send, as- baby. Full send. Yeah. I love it mentality i'm looking for that that kind of a name right now for the show right here like nft daily buzz needs to be like full send or something like that also a real nice space and a real nice podcast are also are also in my possession love it dude dude i love it but in a sense I, i what i've done well and i attribute a lot of my successes to those that have been with me so i credit a lot of my success to my friends and close partners and acquaintances in the web three crypto space. So what if it wasn't for them and tweeting out the alpha and giving me the information that I need and I'm so bullish on Twitter as a stock and a company and where the future of direction of payments is going. And I, I truly believe once Twitter integrates vid- uh, videos like Instagram reels and TikTok and adds the payment, it eliminates PayPal, it eliminates t- TikTok, it eliminates Facebook, it eliminates everything. And I think it's far superior to, than Reddit. I mean, Reddit's cool, but it's also really hard to read and just a bunch of like cluttered, like at least Twitter's organized and it's very specific to accounts and it's just, it looks at the, the presentation's really nice. So, um, again, I am really excited that we continue to have fun together. And so I hope that my positive energy sparks something in your life today and you know, it always does my man. You, you are one of those dudes. Like it could be morning, noon or night and roll in. And I'm like, real nice guy is either co-host or hosting a space. I know I'm going to have a real nice time. So that's, what's up. Not going to get bullied. You're not going to have anything happen into the space. No one's going to like call you out or write. If you get removed from the stage, no one's going to write a Twitter thread. What do you mean you don't have any Bitcoin? Twitter thread. No (laughs) one's going to, no one's going to like write a Twitter thread about you because you got removed because someone, you know, you you removed them from a stage and stuff like that because they're like, wait a minute. I have a re I have a right to talk. No, you don't have a right to talk. This is, this is a space and it's like not your space. It's mine or real nice guys. And if you're a, if you're a troll, you keep oh. interrupting people. You're going to get removed. That's just how it works. Speaking of trolls and be honest, have you had anybody come up in your space in the last couple of weeks being like, you think they're a normal speaker and they come up for like a question, but then they ask a question of like, so how does it make you feel that you all spend a bunch of money on stupid images? And not recently, dude, not, it? not recently. It's crazy. I, I've definitely used to get that a lot. I would have a troll up probably five, 10 times a day. And, uh, you know, it's from an account that you're like, it looks it looks right, but it's not. There's something a little bit off. I'm going to give it a chance. And as soon as you give it a chance, it's just you get nuked by like someone screaming at the top of their lungs or making some noise. And I'm just like, okay, great. So it's a prank phone call. I mean, spaces are ripe for prank phone calls. We all have like these like non-docs profiles. Not me, of course, but, you know, a real nice guy could come in and be like, you know, make some kind of crazy noise. And I don't know who you are. Like, I've never met you in real life yet, but we are definitely going to hang out, dude. So, uh, 
for that. As an example, though, back in like, there was a lot of it when Spaces first came out. And then in 2022, the beginning of 2020, probably the first five months. And then when the bear market hit, like no more trolls, they just disappeared. So I think it was because, Still. I think it was because all those little video game players, like the kids that are like probably like 15, 16 years old trading crypto without anybody knowing about it. Um, I think they left the space because there just wasn't a lot of money. No one was buying anything anymore. So they were just like, peace back to, back to being in my discord and gaming. What were you going to say, Brad? I was going to say, someone played pump it up in a space the other day. I was like, Oh shit. Oh my God. Coming? I have the bull coming back. Oh so my God. Yeah. I don't have my computer in front of me. Cause I would, I have it on a tab. I have it ready to go every day. I swear to God. I feel like that's the bull signal, man. Like once that once that's playing in spaces, like you can't go into a space without hearing it again. That's when we're gonna be, uh, you know, back in the bull market. Who's the time. who sings that? Who's the who's the artist that this that that song is by? I have no idea. Do you know real? Is it Endor? No, it, but sorry, I got two Frenchies resting on my bed right now. But uh, no, <laughs> the um, if you type on YouTube. Pump it up, Bitcoin. That's like the one you want. Because I think there's different. Yeah. There we go. Don't you know? Pump it up. You got to pump it up. Don't you know? Pump it up. You got to pump it up. Don't you know? Oh, yeah. Full market vibes. Fists only. Pumping the fists. That's how that, that game works. Oh, yeah. 